This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. We're going to be continuing our series, Faith of the Ancients. Uh, we're in part three of this series. I've been really inspired uh, by what's been brought this month um, about faith and how we can grab hold of that in everyday situations for the things that may seem impossible in front of us and the things that, that may seem smaller, but actually God's encouraging us to keep going in faith. And I absolutely love that. You see, in life, there's, there's moments where we have, where we, you know, we have faith to believe what someone says or, or we have faith for things that seem impossible. I was, with, I was with a friend this week, we were having breakfast, and uh, the waiter comes over in, in the restaurant where we're eating breakfast and offers us drinks, you know, before you order the food, and, and um, I've uh, decided to cut down on caffeine over the past 12 months, and so I have one caffeinated drink a day, sometimes two, and uh, <laughs> depends, uh, but I've tried to stick to one caffeinated drink a day, which is a, a, a severe drop in what I was having. And um, so I said to the waiter, I said, please, could I have a decaf tea? And he looked at me like I'd just run over his dog. Um, And then said to me, does that exist? Does that exist? I'm like, now I've got to convince this guy. I guess they don't have it based on what he said. But now I've got to convince him that decaf tea exists. Uh, And so I ended up having a decaf coffee, which was all right. Uh, but this guy, I, I had to try and convince him, and, and my response to him at the end was, was like, have you ever been to Asda? Like, there's decaf tea in, in, in the tea aisles. And then at the end, when, when, we, when we paid and everything, he came over and asked me what I was up to the rest of the day, and I thought to myself, I thought, is he going to question what I tell him that I'm up to for the rest of the day? Is he going to go, does that exist? Are you sure you're doing that? And so I just, I'm going back to the office. I thought, I'll keep it simple. That's believable. But in life, sometimes there's these moments where we're like, where we, where we have to have faith for something small. Like I try and convince this guy to have a faith and a belief that decaf tea existed. And it sounds peripheral and daft, but in life, we need to apply our faith to every, every situation we find ourselves in. And our faith isn't just about believing if there's decaf tea. But in those moments, in those conversations that we have with people, we need faith as we step into those situations to help us, to help us engage with those people, to help us help those people. And we all have moments of faith, don't we, in our day-to-day lives. We, we believe for things, you know, this morning I, I love, as Bryony was leading us, and every week we, we bring some big, big prayer requests to God. And we're believing together as a community that God is going to do something in the lives of these people. And that is amazing because we're combining our faith. We're saying, God, we're believing for you to do something significant in that person's life to change that situation. And so we have moments of faith, don't we? We have moments where we're believing. And sometimes we say, well, my faith is, is personal to me and God. And there's nothing wrong with that because we should have a personal faith or we have our worldview or our our belief, but it can't be individualistic. It can't be, well, it's just about me and God because our faith goes beyond that. Our faith, yeah, is about a personal relationship with God. It's unique to each and every one of us. And if you don't have that this morning, then, then hopefully this morning will help you understand what that looks like and what it could look like in your life and, and where you're at now in your beliefs. 
But if our faith is individualistic, it tends to center around what pleases us, what entertains us. But actually when we have a personal connection to God, we have that personal faith with God, then actually we can go on a journey. But we can also be part of something bigger. We can be part of what God is up to in the world, what God is up to in the life of our community. And when we choose to put our faith in God, we're believing in who he is and what he can do. You see, because God's um, gone before us, he's with us now, and he's going ahead of us. So we can trust him. We can trust that he is with us in this journey of life, that we can put our faith and trust in him as we go along the journey. But faith doesn't just center around our belief or our worldview. Actually, when we truly put our faith in God and who he is, he enjoys our faith with us. God enjoys our faith with us. We put our faith, when we put our faith in God, we are pleasing God. We are pleasing him with our faith. He is enjoying our faith with us. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is confident, confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. This is, this is a key verse throughout this series. And actually, this is a clear definition of what faith is. Because God loves it when we put our faith in him. God loves it when we invest ourselves into him and say, God, I'm with you on this. I'm not going to be driven by what pleases me. I want my faith to please you. And when we go on that journey with God and we choose to put our faith in him, something amazing happens because we discover more of our purpose. You see, we find our purpose when we put our faith in God. We find something of of our purpose and who God's created us to be and the creativity and the gifts and the talents and the things that he has created us for and the fact that he has created us in his image, which always blows my mind, but yet we're all unique and individual and the things that, that God has created us to be and created us with are unique and individual to each and every one of us. And we begin to discover some of the dreams God has for our life, maybe some of the future that God has for us. Because when we put our faith in God, we discover something of the purpose that he has for us. Because I want a personal relationship with God. I, wanna, I don't want an individualistic, just, just me and my faith locked in a box. No, I want to I have a connection with God. I want to have a faith with God, put my faith in God, and that affects so much more. And I begin to discover who I am and who God's created me to be. And I just find that amazing that we discover that as we put our faith in God. And when we begin to live in the purpose God has for us, we please him. You see, pleasing God isn't a list of jobs to do, but a life to live with him. Pleasing God is not a list of jobs to do. God's not ticking you off every time we do something good. No, Pleasing God is when we put our faith in him, when we say, actually, God, I'm going to do this journey called life with you. And on that journey, we discover more of who God has created us to be. But we can only please God by faith. It says this in Hebrews 11, and this is what we're going to focus on today. In Hebrews 11, verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, So that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that. So this guy Enoch, who is he? Who is this guy? Because Enoch's life, he's, he's mentioned in Hebrews and then he's mentioned right at the start of the Bible in Genesis 5. Who is this guy Enoch? Well, he lived for 365 years, which is quite a long time. And we don't know loads and loads about him, but he, he was eight generations after Adam and Eve. So he's right near the start of the story, the journey of the world. And he has a son who becomes the world's oldest man ever recorded. 969 years old. Methuselah, he was called. Isn't that a cool name? Good baby name, that. Um, but actually, this guy, this guy Enoch, what we do know is, is that he pleased God. But it was by faith that he pleased God. He lived his life pleasing God. And that is something, you know, if, if you have anything written about you, that is something good to have written about you. His life, by faith, pleased God. And so without faith, it is impossible to please God, Hebrews 11 says. It is impossible to please God. Because we can't live a life that pleases God without faith because we all make mistakes. We, we all trip up at times. We all, we all stumble. We all uh, find ourselves in situations where we're struggling with things. But by faith, we can live a life that pleases God. And I love that faith breaks through into the world. As Jesus was born in the backwaters of the Middle East 2,000 years ago. That as he was born, as he lived, and then in his 30s when he died on the cross and rose again three days later, that was the greatest act of faith the world had ever seen. And that because of what Jesus did, we can live lives that please God. Because he set us free from the things that were holding us back, from the mistakes that we've made, from the, from the, from the problems that were tripping us up. He enables us to live a life that pleases him but only by faith. Not something that we can engineer or just try and work on, but by faith. You see, Enoch knew that without faith, it was impossible to please God. Enoch knew this, and that's why he lived a life that pleased God. Therefore, by living a life that pleased God, he was engaging with the purpose that God has for his life. And for me, that is just a beautiful image Because it's by faith that we please God and therefore we discover our purpose along that journey. And as Enoch lived and walked with God, it says in Genesis, God enjoyed that. It pleased him. Therefore, God was enjoying doing this journey of life with Enoch because he pleased him. So what does it look like? What does it look like to, to, to please God? What, change, what changes when we say, well, by faith, I am going to live a life that pleases God? Well, the first thing is this, is that by faith, we can have a fresh perspective. By faith, we can have a fresh perspective. It says in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect 
will. The renewing of our minds, how we view life. You know, our mind, how we view life, how our mindset is, affects everything else. It affects what we say, what we do, our actions, our thoughts. Everything that flows from us comes from the way that we think, comes from how our heart attitude is. That actually that affects our perspective on life. It affects how we view things. And I don't think that our perspective all of a sudden then makes our life, just because God's renewing our mind, all of a sudden that our life is now rosy and everything's going nice. No, our perspective isn't what we see, but how we see it. Our perspective isn't what we see, but how we see it. That actually how we choose to view the things that are happening, the challenges that come our way, the celebrations that come our way, the moments of great joy in our lives. Because we all experience stuff. We all go through stuff in life. Life happens around us sometimes. But we can choose to look at it differently. We can choose to look at it with a fresh perspective. A view of how God would see this situation. How we can see God in this situation. How we can see God's going to bring breakthrough in this situation. But not just that. But also, then how we, how we do things. Not just what happens to us. See, Enoch's perspective... I don't think he viewed life as his time to shine or his personal moment of glory. No, he he viewed life as an opportunity to, by faith, please God. To live a life that pleased him. Because he wanted to be part of something bigger. And it's not something that we can create or make, but it's by faith. That then we allow God to give us a fresh perspective. You know, I think about a runner. As you can see, I, I do a lot of running. And uh, you can see we're very similar. Me and Usain, we're tight. That when a runner sets off, when a runner is in the starting blocks, they've got to get their perspective right. I'm not, I'm not going to get in the starting blocks position. All right, all right, okay. If you hear something go, it's probably my hamstring. <laughs> I can't do it fully. <laughs> okay. So, when a runner is in the starting blocks position, he is focused on the finish line. He has the right perspective. I don't think Usain Bolt gives a rip about what colour the ground is, or whether there is a, a bird flying past, or thinking about, oh, I really like that pattern on my trainers. No, he's focused. He's got the right perspective. He's thinking, I'm about to run a race. And he's thinking, I'm about to win. Because the thing is about perspective is when he sets off, if you set off with a perspective of, oh, I'm going to lose, you're probably going <laughs> to. And we, when we set off and we think, actually, no, I want to succeed. I want to put my all into this. I want to have the right perspective. I want to run to where I'm going. Then actually, there's a good chance that we can succeed in that. There's a good chance that, well, we know that God is with us. And we know that we're going to face challenges along the way. But actually, we can have that right perspective. 
You see, it says in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great, huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance or perseverance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You see, a runner, a runner is, or Usain Bolt, or any runner is focused on the finish line. It says we shouldn't focus on the finish line. We should fix our eyes on Jesus. We should fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the founder, the perfecter, the author of our faith. The faith that we put in him. The faith that by faith we will please him. We should fix our eyes on him. Not worry about the finish line, but have our perspective focused on Jesus. That's the difference between us and just a runner running a race. That actually our perspective is fixed on Jesus. And we have some amazing examples of faith that we're going to be hearing more about in this series. Enoch is a great one. But the greatest example is Jesus. The greatest example of faith is Jesus. And so we fix our eyes on him. And you see, as we run our race, we need to run our race and not the persons next to us. We need to run the race that is set before us, Hebrews 12 says. It's not just about running a race, but about running my race. Because God's purpose for each of us is unique and personal and is for us. And sometimes we can go, oh, their lane just looks a bit better to run in. We don't know what challenges they're going to come across. See, God has got us a lane. And it's for us to run in, for nobody else, but for us. And then, when we're running the race, set before us, there are others running alongside of us. There are others running alongside of us. As we run this race of faith, as we put our faith in Jesus, we fix our eyes on him, there are other people beside us. There is other people in this room right now who are beside you. People that are choosing to run this race of life with faith, with their eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, I think, I think about life groups particularly are a great example of this. Is that every single week you have the opportunity to gather together with other people who are choosing to run this race of life, fixing their eyes on Jesus. And when stuff happens or whatever around us, we can encourage each other, we can cheer each other on. We can keep our eyes together with the right perspective, keeping that perspective on Jesus. So if you're not in a life group, I'd really encourage you to do that. Because when those people come around you, that is the great, greatest support you can have in those moments is other people who are focused and have, this, have the right perspective and can help us keep the right perspective. I can think about challenges that I've been through and the people around me. The people that were closest to me, who had their eyes fixed on Jesus, helped me to keep my perspective in those situations. And I've been able to have the pleasure of doing that for other people. 
And so together we can encourage each other to do that. You know, a great and simple prayer that you can pray every day is, God, give me a fresh perspective today. Give me a fresh perspective today. That is a great prayer you could pray every single day. So by faith, we can have a fresh perspective. By faith, we can persevere. By faith, we can persevere. You see, faith enables us to see more than what is just in front of us. Our perspective affects what we focus on. Our perspective affects how we fix our eyes on Jesus and not just what happens around us. You see, we need that fresh perspective to allow God to keep renewing our mind, but then to be able to persevere, to keep running. See, we can have faith for a moment, but will that faith lead to faithfulness? You see, faithfulness is faith in longevity and consistency. That actually, if you want to be faithful people, I want to be a faithful person in life, then I've just got to keep having faith every day. Got to keep fixing my eyes on Jesus. You see, Enoch lived a faithful life. I know this, and I I reckon that he persevered. Because Enoch, he lived on earth. Therefore, he faced challenges. It's as simple as that. He must have, because he lived on earth. And he chose to persevere. He chose to fix his eyes on God, on Jesus, and and keep running that race. Keep running what was ahead of him. And, And he also lived for 365 years. So he must have faced some sort of health challenge at some point. So there was things that him personally then had to persevere through himself, as well as the things that were around him. You see, when a runner is running the race, again, you saying it's going to help me. You see, when, when a runner is running the race, they're fixing their eyes on the finish line. They're focusing on that. But sometimes they fall over. No one has 100% per- perfect races. They're running the race and sometimes they go down. They trip up. Something distracts them. In some races. But in the race that, that Hebrews is talking about for us, sometimes what happens is, and it says we need to endure, we need to persevere in Hebrews 12 verse 1. That actually is, as we're running, what could sometimes happen is we, we can get distracted or, or challenges come and they trip us up. But then we can, you know, if we're down and we're tripped up and we're stumbled, well, we can look up and fix our eyes on Jesus. And that actually when we do that, we can get up and keep running. Because you see, there is one who wants us to do this. When we fall over and go down, then he says, oh, just come sit over here. Just come sit down. Just chill out. Have a packet of crisps. Because the devil doesn't want us to keep running our race. He wants us to sit down and be out on the sidelines. But Jesus says, no, keep running. Fix your eyes on me. Persevere. Endure. Keep pressing on as we run the race. Keep putting your faith in me because when we persevere by faith, we please God. We live a life that pleases him. He knows our future. He knows what he's got in front of us, for us. And so that's why he's like, keep running. I've got something awesome for you. Keep persevering. It says in Romans 5, verse 3 to 5, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. I don't know if anyone's ever hit a problem or a trial. 
if you've lived then, yeah. For we know that we help, sorry, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So what's happening there? Is that we face problems and trials. We face things that come up against us. But then God's like, no, persevere. Because I'm going to take you from strength to strength. I'm going to develop your character. I'm going to keep building you. I'm going to keep encouraging you. And with those people that are around us, who are running the race in the lanes next to us, they're going to encourage us. They're going to help us to stay strong. They're going to help us to keep going. Because that makes us stronger people. It builds and develops our character, it says in Romans. And then a hope. Not just a hope, oh, I hope this happens. This is a certain hope. A hope of who God is, of what God has got for us, of who God has created us to be and who we're going to be. And so as we keep persevering, as we keep running, as we keep going, I'm going to keep going by faith. I'm going to keep going by faith. I'm going to keep going. And God does something amazing because he's right behind us. He is cheering us on too. And you know what's amazing? At the start of that in, Rome, in, in verse 3, it says we can rejoice too. You see, when we go through that process of problems come, We persevere, we keep going, our character is built, and a certain hope rises that we've got to keep praising. We've got to keep being thankful throughout. Because when we persevere with praise, then it helps us completely with our perspective. Because it helps us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. No matter what goes on in life, there is always something to be thankful for. There is always something to be thankful for. If you're struggling for something to be thankful for, just keep thanking God for the fact that he sent Jesus to earth to die on a cross 2,000 years ago and rise again three days later to rescue us from everything that was holding us back. That actually is we're thankful as we continue, as we allow God to help, keep us, help make us stronger. That he's just going to keep strengthening us. He's just going to keep encouraging us. And we can keep persevering. We can keep going. By faith. You know, every day I try and, so I say most days, because every day I try. So that good, I fail. Most days, I write down three things that I'm thankful for, or three people usually that I'm thankful for. That is a really simple thing that we can do each day. Because before I ask God for anything, before I ask God for help for anything, I think, no, I need to get my perspective right. I need to be thankful for what God has done, who God has put in my life, what God is up to in my life and the lives of people around me. And so I write down those three people or those three things that I'm thankful for. And then I come to God and say, God, this is what I need help with. This is what I need breakthrough with. This is, you know, can you strengthen me in this? That is something really simple that we can all do. We can all think, actually, I can fix my eyes with thankfulness. I can, because thankfulness is going to help our perspective and therefore we're able to persevere. The final thing is this by faith, we go beyond ourselves. By faith, we go beyond ourselves. You know, when a runner runs, 
they're fixed, their eyes are fixed on the finish line. And as they go through the finish line, as they have that moment where they run across the line, then actually it doesn't just stop there because there's, there's kids and adults and everyone in between that have watched that and think, I could do that. And they're inspired. And in that moment, we're inspired to be like Usain Bolt. And we hear that he had 20 chicken nuggets the night before he broke the world record. And we think, I can do that. <laughs> you see, London 2012, since we, we got the games in 2005 when it was announced, between then and 2014, between 2005 and 2014, 1.4 million more people got involved in sport locally. And um, they talked about this idea of the, the London Olympics legacy and the future of it and all this kind of thing. And the thing is, those athletes that are involved in London 2012, when they crossed the line, when they won their medals, when they, because they kept running, they left a legacy. They left something behind. They encouraged others. They inspired others. You see, when we persevere in faith, we have a legacy. Enoch, Enoch has left us an example for many years. We're still talking about him today. And there's only a couple of verses in, about him in the Bible. But we're still talking about him. He inspired us in faith. You see, faith is a commitment that produces fruit of evidence. Faith is not something intangible. Faith is not something unaccessible. Faith produces evidence. It produces fruit. See, James 2 verse 18 says this, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, this is James talking, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. That actually our faith, when we live a life by faith that pleases God, there'll be fruit, there'll be evidence, there'll be things that come out of our lives. When we choose not to say, I'm going to live my individualistic, I'm going to put it in the box. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have a personal connection to God, but my faith is going to explode beyond me. My faith is going to go beyond myself. And actually, when our life produces that fruit, when our life produces that evidence, it's going to inspire others. It's going to inspire others in their faith. Because faith leaks faith leaks out of us in a great way. Actually, when we have faith for something, it's going to encourage so many other people. As we say, actually, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep the right perspective. I'm going to persevere. And out of that, something will happen beyond myself because I've stayed in faith, because I've kept going. You know, I love it. And I'd encourage all of us that if you've ever put a prayer request in, I'd encourage any, anyone to put a prayer request in. When you've got an answer to that prayer, fill in a prayer's report. Because we combine our faith and we pray together as a church, as a community. And we believe for breakthrough in that situation. And there's faith in the moment we're believing for God to do something. But then what inspires even more faith is when you bring a prayer's report. It's when you bring a report of actually what has God done. How did God break through? How did God change a situation? Or maybe you can post it on the city. If you can't wait till a Sunday to get hold of a praise report, then post it on the city, our church social network. If you want to find out more, uh, to speak to reception at the end. That is a great place to post praise reports, to post things of what God has done, 
what God has done in your life, how, what God has done in the lives of the people around you. Because our faith, because sorry, by faith, we can go beyond ourselves. Our faith is going to go beyond us. When we commit to living by faith, only then can we live a life that pleases God. It's only by faith that we can have the right perspective. It's by faith that we can persevere. It's by faith that our lives go beyond themselves. And so this morning, pleasing God is not a list of jobs, but it's a life to live with him. And without faith, we cannot please God. But by faith, we can live a life that pleases God. By faith, we can live a life that pleases God. Because faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. And Jesus is the greatest example of that. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the greatest example. And Jesus, when he came to earth 2,000 years ago as a baby in that backwaters of the Middle East, to live a life and die on the cross and rise again three days later so that me and you could be set free from the things that were holding us back in life, from the mistakes that we've made, then we can choose to live a life for him a life of faith for him, a life that pleases him by faith. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.